Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. How many people do you know who have left their medical doctor or urgent care emergency room and felt frustrated because they were not heard properly or they feel they didn't get the proper treatment or no treatment at all? Terry Parent is her is a concierge for her clients as a healthcare practitioner, understanding that there are certain ways that you need to talk to your doctor to help them understand what you need so you get what you need, especially if you use common sense, get yourself overall not only not sick, but also get and stay healthy. Most doctors, as we know, have a sickness mindset and sometimes will not give you the proper either medications and or lab tests and or imaging even just to get well. So Tara is, has done phenomenal work with her clients to speed up that process when you talk to your doctor so it doesn't require two, three, four, five visits and not getting proper care and staying sick or not healthy the whole time. So let's just talk, my friends. In the show notes, she has her Instagram, her TikTok, which is phenomenal, and her website, Connect With Her. She has done phenomenal work for a long time as a healthcare practitioner and as a nurse practitioner to help her clients get well. All right, my friends, again, the show notes has links to our previous podcast as a video or podcast apps. Enjoy the week, and we'll see you next week. It's my job, easy. We are a live Crooked Sponge Show again with Tara. She is my expert how to get people healthy and keep them healthy. It's fun. She, she does a phenomenal job. Her Instagram is on the link too. Go to her Instagram. She walks well. We talked about it a second ago. So let's go right to the overall talk. Today's talk with, with Terry, my second one with her, becoming your best advocate for better health care. That's the goal here. We've all gone to the doctor before, and some of us who are, aren't as proactive or know um, or are somewhat timid, we trust your doctor sometimes too much, like anything else too. Even chiropractors, be careful chiropractors, are very dangerous. <laughs> so part of it is if, if doctors don't hear us, what we're saying, sometimes they make misdiagnosis or and sometimes that can lead to improper treatments, maybe medications or even physical therapy, or, or even worse, they'll say, instead of saying, I don't know, they'll say, try this, or you have a psychological issue for one too, it's all in your head, which upsets me because it puts people down the wrong wrong idea of what healthcare should be. So we're here with Terry today to understand exactly how to stay healthy and get healthy and overall learn how to be or become our best advocate for ourselves to stay healthy. So running right to it too, why Terry, in your experience being in healthcare for a long time like myself, has medical care gone down this road of being less patient-oriented, more of illness-oriented, more of that, that type of mindset? Absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Tony. So I've been in this industry for a very long time, my whole career. And I actually was a pharmaceutical sales rep at one point. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen a lot of change in the industry. And if you take it way back, even before me, to around the 1900s, when Carnegie and Rockefeller funded all of the medical schools, and then they all shifted to the allopathic model. So they took out nutrition, they took out anything with holistic remedies. And that's something that a lot of people don't know even happened with our medical system. And so I always try to remind people about that. And the reason is that they were heavily invested in petrochemicals, which are in absolutely everything as pharmaceuticals, um, lotions, shampoos, over-the-counter medications. So it really behooved them as billionaires to push their agenda in the medical schools 
push out anything that wasn't pharmaceutical based. And not only did they do that, but they also um, demonized any kind of holistic. So chiropractors, herbalists, all the people who were trying to look at the root cause, trying to figure out a more natural way of approaching the topic. They said that they're quacks. There's no money in it for them, right? So why would they, they, they want that to happen? God forbid they want to help people. A hundred percent. And so from my side, as a pharmaceutical rep, I really saw the manipulation of the physicians by the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. in the sense that they throw these very weak statistics about the drug's efficacy down these doctors' throats and basically push them to write a prescription, which is exactly what pharma reps do. They go in the office, they tell them a couple of statistics and the doctor stop of mind, they write the script. Because when a patient goes into an office and says, oh, you know, doc, I have really bad headaches. It's not, okay, well, what's your lifestyle like? What's your stress level like? It's just, here's a prescription and see, mm -hmm. you, see you soon. And unfortunately that patient doesn't get better. And usually they get worse now because they're feeling side effects either of the medication or just over time, they're not fixing the problem. So if you're just putting a Band-Aid on a dam, it's going to eventually burst. And unfortunately, that's why the U.S. population is the sickest in the world, because we are the biggest users of pharmaceutical medications in this country. It's but almost like we're not, we're not drug deficient in our body. So why are we putting drugs in our body as a way to fix the body versus, okay, let's find out, like I said, the root cause of what the problem is. Why? And you mentioned part of it too. Doctors are doctors just not not if you want to call it deals. And like, hey, is the research? Give me some research. I can check it out. Then I'll maybe prescribe the drug. They go, ah, your drug's good enough. We'll just do that drug instead. Is that usually the situation, or what? What? Why? Why do they focus on just the drug aspect versus the lifestyle aspect? Because they're not taught that in medical school. Exactly. They're not taught anything about any kind of lifestyle adjustments and. The biggest statistic that I can throw out here right now is that the number one killer in this country, heart disease, is a lifestyle disease. Heart attacks can be completely avoided and it's not even being talked about by these doctors because um, that's not what the interest is in medical school. It's about surgery. It's about pharmaceuticals and there's no nutrition or lifestyle and cancer treatment actually Carnegie partnered and Rockefeller with the American Cancer Society in 1912 and made it illegal for anyone to treat cancer any other way except surgery, chemo, and radiation. So if you try to do you know, a plant-based diet or you try to take all the sugar out of your diet or you know, manipulate your food source, you can actually be jailed for that, which is a crime in and of it itself. It almost monopolizes the, the medical field that that's all we can do so you almost have to go outside the U.S. to actually get proper care. If that's and a lot of people do. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people go elsewhere because they know that the chemotherapy treatment is it basically kills you and kills every good thing in your body along with the bad and brings you back to life. And that's it shouldn't be that way. It's super barbaric. And the only reason they do it is the average cancer treatment is about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So. Mm -hmm. That's you just follow the money and you see exactly where the problems are. Has anyone ever, I guess, called them on it and go, hey, look, you guys are not doing the right thing ethically for one, two, 
or has that always been like, okay, money's money and politics runs everything, so we're just going to leave it alone? I believe from my experience, and this, of course, isn't for everyone, but what happens in the institution of medical school is it's sort of a brainwashing situation that they're in because it's, <clears throat> this is how we do it. This is how we do it for standard, that's it. eight years when they're in school, right? Because it's a long period yeah. of time when they're being completely brainwashed and they cannot even fathom thinking outside the box. Mm. So that's the first issue. And then the second issue is that a lot of the doctors are owned by hospitals and systems. And so they're what's called a doc in a box. They can't get out of this box. They're not allowed. Um, they're anybody who tries to do anything that's outside of that box, they will be chastised by their peers. They will be ridiculed. They will be cast out. And quite honestly, the hospital system doesn't even allow them to make any suggestions about doing things a little bit differently. But I did read an article in US News and World Report about the fact that they really need to make some changes on the primary care level in this country in order to help the health of the people. Now, changes meaning more um, testing that could mitigate people's risks for different things. Um, and this statistic, it's out there, it's clear as day, proven over and over again, is that 50% of people who have a normal basic lipid panel, so you go to your doctor, right? You get your cholesterol CBC, panel, yeah. Okay. Yeah. and it's a normal cholesterol panel. Everything looks great. You walk out that door, you have a 50% chance of having a heart attack. 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Flip a coin, and that's your chances. That doesn't sit well with me. I, I don't really like that statistic. So I ask for further testing and I get pushback from primary care doctors. They it's don't thing, are one standard to know if you have, if you're a chance of heart attack or not, or a uh, pre cardiac risk is this one test. That's it. That's all we have for basic lipids yeah. in a primary care setting. Yes. However, that there are several different tests that mm -hmm. can be run to see what your risk is. And if, you can lower that 50% number and make it 90% or even 99.9% .9 chance that I'm not going to have a heart attack. Sign me up. Where do I sign up? But if you go to your regular doctor and you go get, and the doctors are great at this too. I'm doing a complete panel on you. I'm doing so much blood work. It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. And I, I was in that camp like, oh, I'm getting all the best care and all the best things. That's telling the truth, right? It has to tell me exactly what he knows as the truth. That's it. And that is his truth and or her truth. And unfortunately, there's so much more that we can do. And so even for my clients that come to me, I coach them through their conversations with their primary care doctor because that's not what I do. I'm not a primary care doctor. I'm a life optimizer. So I look at their nutrient status and their gut status and, you know, their antioxidants and all the amino acids and things that are really, really important. Um, but there are markers like APOB and lipoprotein A that are big indicators of what your heart health is. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, once you have a heart attack, now you got to go on all these drugs. And, you know, statins are one of the biggest drugs in this country. And unfortunately, 70% of people, 70% of people who are currently on a statin 
are not benefiting from that satin. And again, numerous publications, numerous studies that show that is the case. And so you have 30% of people right now who are on a statin who are actually getting a benefit from it. And again, this is, it speaks to why this is still the number one killer in this country. For those two reasons, a little bit more testing and get these people off the statin who aren't benefiting, we could reduce the risk and live a lot healthier lives. You should have told me this about 20, about 30 years ago, I would have been a cardiologist. Yes. And I made a lot more money that way. Dang it, Sarah. <laughs> you know what? The cardiologists, though, they just, they cut you open. That's all they want to do. They want to Surgery. Yeah. And then put you on a bunch of drugs. Um, now you can see more concierge cardiologists or concierge doctors who do tend to do a little bit deeper dive in the testing. However, you are paying usually a fee for that. Um, not just for the advanced, more advanced testing, but you're also paying for their time because they do spend more time with you. They usually do address lifestyle issues. So you're getting more bang for your buck, even though you're paying for it. And what I tell people all the time is, quite frankly, we're already paying a boatload for our insurance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but it's happened to me where I've gotten bills that were pretty sizable, even mm -hmm. though I used my insurance for it. So at the end of the day, I was like, do I want to risk getting a bill and possibly having to deal with that on the back end? Or do I just want to know up front, okay, this is what I'm paying. And I know I'm getting the best care better than what I would get at a primary care office. It's almost we sometimes we wait as, as someone who's healthy to go, I'm not going to worry about till, till I have them sick. But as we get older, we understand that, hey, my friends, my family are having heart attacks, having cancer having lifestyle, permanent quality of life problems. How do I take care of myself now? I, I can afford a little bit more because my quality of health is, is worth it to me. With COVID happening, taking a setback too, with COVID, did COVID help the healthcare system for patients or did it make it worse? What have you seen? So I'll, I'll give you my opinion, but what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think it was eye-opening mm -hmm. for transparency. I think a lot of people saw what was happening um, in the healthcare system and in particular with ivermectin. And what a lot of people don't know is that early on it was being used as a COVID prevention and it was also being used as a COVID treatment shown to be highly effective and work very, very well. And again, some of the doctors that spoke up about it um, were jailed, you know, frontline doctors of America. Um, they were obviously ridiculed and chastised and, oh, it's a horse dewormer and it doesn't do anything in this and that. And fast forward, it's now approved miraculously as a, an effective treatment. So I think it, it opened people's eyes to see what is happening with our healthcare system. Um, and to realize, you know, I mean, Fauci came out and said himself, like, yes, you should increase your vitamin D levels. You know, you should take some zinc or some vitamin C. Um, so it was even kind of going more mainstream about the um, vitamin status that you have and how it could affect COVID. So that's my take on it. That's how I perceive that whole thing happened. But what do, what do you think? What, what, and, and my biggest thing, I, we saw a lot more people because they couldn't go see their primary doctor. It was all video. It was all, hey, call in. But if you can call in in three weeks because we don't have any time for you. Go get your blood work done, but we'll get back in about a month, month and a half or so. So yeah. the sense of urgency to help someone who's sick 
that wants help, especially with back pain, neck pain, they want help immediate. They need right. help today. So your your sense of delay, it was more business for me. But again, you have healthcare system that, and even now, this is almost three years later, we're still seeing that delay two, three, four weeks out just to get an appointment to talk right. to somebody over the phone, not even see someone in person. Right. Right. And that's the hospital systems, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because I've been in waiting rooms with 20 plus people standing room only, and they're literally cattle going in and out. They have to see 40 patients a day, 40, four, zero, like who, who's superhuman that they can actually spend any bit of time with them and give them direction. So not only are there wait times, but then when they get in to see the doctor, it's just, let's go in and out, you know, got things to do. You can't listen to someone. You can't spend I don't know anyone who can spend five minutes with somebody and know the person's whole lifestyle, what's going on, their blood work, their imaging, their their injuries in the past to give them, okay, this is what you have going on. Here's a drug. See in the see in see in four weeks, maybe five weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's almost it's like the, the the quality of care in my sense has become trivialized, diminished, diluted to where it's it's their normal, that's their standard of care. Of you course. Call, I talked to someone who's, again, Kaiser's been on strike this last week, probably going again too, is they're being harassed at the front desk because they can't get an appointment for three or four weeks. Right. The, admin, the admins are like, we can't help you. We, we just don't have anybody. So we're short staffed and we don't want to hire more people because it takes more money out of the system. But then they expect the doctor to do more work. They go, we can't do this. Yes. It's, not, it's not practical. It's not possible. We can't do quality work based on our, our simple ethics that actually give someone, someone a decent amount of care. Even with COVID too, the people who have, were diagnosed with type, with, for example, stage one cancer, because they weren't seen. Now I've had someone last week where their family member died of cancer because it wasn't, they don't see a doctor for about six months. Yes. Yes. In particular in the oncology space, it is pretty brutal. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it no. really doesn't. And if they did more lifestyle medicine, those mm -hmm. statistics and those numbers, even of incidences of cancer and heart attacks and diabetes and all these lifestyle diseases, because I'm, I'm actually lumping cancer into the category of a lifestyle disease, even though it hasn't been proclaimed as such. But there really is a lot of evidence based off of the fact that the not only petrochemicals, but the air quality and the water quality and all these other influences on us are contributing because mm -hmm. you have the genetic, which just loads the gun, but lifestyle is always pulling the trigger. So that's the way I look at it. And even in my own personal life, I have reduced the amount of toxicity that I have because they sneak it into everything. There's a oh, yeah. lot of greenwashing of products that goes on. So you think like, like oh, this is healthy for me. I can use this um, face cream. And then you look in it and it has a thousand different ingredients that are all super toxic. And I use the app. Um, it's called Yucca, Y-U-K-A. And it mm -hmm. does give you a rating. And so that's been a good tool to use. But yeah. honestly, I've just gone back to basics with my skincare routine, I just use castor oil at night on my face and that's it. And I use. It oh, looks pretty good. So it's working. You should it's be like, <laughs> endorsement for castor oil. Perfect. It is. And it's plentiful. It's cheap. 
So, you know, you don't spend two, $300 on a face cream because you don't need to. It's, you know, I get a giant bottle of it for like 20 bucks, you know, and it lasts me forever. Um, you know, and it has multiple uses across the board. I mean, it's, you know, it's a great liver detox. You could put, put it on some wool and put it on your stomach. Um, it helps with so many different things that I can't even list out here, but it's, it's a basic and it's cheap. You know, people are like, oh, I can't do organic or I can't do healthy because I, I don't have enough money. Yeah. But what they don't realize is they're spending more money on this greenwash product and they could have just done basics and had money to spare. So <laughs> gone on a vacation. Well, going back to when you talk to some, especially your clients too, what, why, why do they have, and I understand why, that trust in medical, in the medical system, healthcare system, and where they're being told, like you said, well, your grandmother died of cancer, your your grandfather had smoking issues, he died of lung cancer too. Most likely, it'll happen to you too. Just not it, but we, we can start, we can slow down the process. We can help you with medications. That why do they? Why are they so hesitant to going to more? Hey, you have to be proactive. Yes, part of it is genetics, but epigenetics will say that your lifestyle is a big part of this too. Why do they fight people? Why do they rebuttal that? Because I think it's all they know. And mm -hmm. they just are, again, brainwashed into believing that that is really going to help them. Mm -hmm. um, but I heard an interesting podcast recap with, um, I think it was like Joe Rogan or somebody famous like that. And he said, I would never go to a doctor for like he said, um, for preventative care. If my arm is falling off or, you know, I, I sprain my car. ankle, then I'll go to a, see a doctor. But for preventative care, it's just not, you're not going to get preventative care with a regular doc in a box. A little bit more with a concierge doctor, but you really need to, unfortunately, do your own research. A lot of times pay out of pocket for it. And, you know, it's sort of that that tricky spot where people are like, well, I don't have the money for it. It's like, well, do you have the money to be sick? Because your co-pays, your time spent at offices, your, um, you know, just general like lack of being involved in life, mm -hmm. there's no price tag on that. And people are so short-sighted with, I don't have the money for this, but like you won't have the money for that on the back end. And let's face it. I mean, you know, if I get a cold, I'm miserable. I feel like, uh, yeah. And then, you know, as soon as I get my health back, I'm like, whew, okay, like that crisis averted. And you don't realize how you take your health for granted every single day when you have it. The minute it goes off the rails, you realize, oh gosh, yeah, I really should have paid well, more. Then you're desperate, okay, then what does my medicine, what can I, medication I take? What, versus like, okay, I'm healthy now. How do I stay here healthy mm -hmm. versus wait till I'm sick to worry about it? And, and with the concierge doctors, Explain again what they are because people kind of have a bigger picture of what's going on. Because a lot of my patients are going that way too. They have good health insurance. But they use a concierge doctor to get the care and the other opinion of what they should be doing versus what they're, what they're not doing now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been my experience. And believe it or not, a lot more doctors are going in a concierge model mm -hmm. because they do really want to spend more time with their patients. Mm -hmm. Now, do they all have this preventative kind of lifestyle ability, not all of them. So you have to choose wisely where you're focusing your money. Um, even with, there's a company called MDVIP and okay. they're like a national company that kind of like starts up 
concierge doctors does their marketing and all sorts of backend things for them so that they can easily transition into that model. And even within that group, I've seen big differences in quality of care. So that's why I always say you got to empower yourself. You have to be able to speak to a doctor in a way that isn't um, disrespectful, but is assertive. So, you know, you're not saying that they're not capable, but what you're saying is that you'd like, you know, more nutrition focus or you'd like more health coaching or, you know, whatever your needs are in particular, which I always think is the basis for everything. I mean, Hippocrates said, you know, let food be thy medicine back, you know, thousands of years ago. <laughs> so that, that's yeah. what people, people want to get healthy now. They're looking for it. And, and, and say, for example, someone that comes in, hey, I'm feeling lethargic. I'm feeling not myself all the time. How would, what, what would you want them to say when they go to their doctor, their primary doctor and go, Hey, like, how do I approach this doctor to make sure I'm getting the right, right. If you want to call it testing to know exactly what's going on with my body, not just your opinion. Absolutely. So it does get trickier because mm-hmm. you are looking into that deeper dive. And again, fundamentally, unfortunately, a lot of it does stem from nutrition, which is why you have the lack of you know, drive or depression or anxiety, which is another thing. You know, One in four people are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication, and they're, they're, they don't work, <laughs> so, unfortunately. Not even that they require it, they're just being told they need it. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if, if we tweak the nutrition, you know, add in maybe some organic acids or amino acids into the diet and try to address the nutrient deficiencies, maybe it's B vitamins, which is a huge influence over depression mm-hmm. and anxiety or D vitamin D, you know, mm-hmm. the range for vitamin D is 30 on the low end to hundred is normal. But if you're not closer to 80 on that vitamin D, you can have some issues downstream. Um, so that's one of the things I always say to people straight away, what is your vitamin D level? What is that? at? Like, let's take, take it from there. Um, okay, I like your approach because even though some may have an MD after their name, it doesn't mean that she can help you with their lifestyle, with mm-hmm. understanding the blood work, understanding, okay, this low level might be, might be okay here, but this low level here is not good for you because of what you're going through now. And, and what I, and, and with your, 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 I guess, background experience and also studies also, how is yours different than an MD with, with the background of being someone in health in healthcare, helping someone on the lifestyle aspect of it so their overall quality of life improves versus medical care? Well, I think so, the first- so my, so my interview, so my audience knows, I guess. Yeah, straight away, the biggest mm-hmm. difference by far is the fact that when you go to an MD, they are the only thing they're thinking is, okay, what is your symptom and mm-hmm. what medication goes with that symptom? That's the link. Because there's so many different things that they're handling and they, they don't know anything outside of that. But I'm not interested in a medication for you because I'm not an MD and I'm not writing scripts for you. So what I'm interested in is more about what is your sleep habit? Like, do you get sleep? That's the number one thing I address, especially with women who are perimenopausal or you know, menopausal, because that's a big thing that happens and a big nutrient deficiency that can fix a lot of that is magnesium and knowing which magnesium to take. So the sleep is the number one issue. And I'd say second right up there is going to be the stress. So I kind of take it in sleep, stress, 
So what is your job like? What is your family life like? You know, do you have young kids? Are you running around all the time? Do you, are you taking care of an elderly parent? Um, you know, what, what does that look like? And then third thing I address kind of all at the same time, but we talk about it pretty often is nutrition. So do you eat out at restaurants a lot? Do you cook from prepackaged foods? Do you eat a lot of things from a box versus, you know, prepping meals in advance and having options like, you know, healthy snack with tuna or sardines is a great snack, which I try to feed everyone. And people are like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but it's it's a superfood for real, you know. So I'm like, just get it in a little bit in your day. And, we, you know, you get boost up your omegas, which is great for heart health. And there's just so many things that we can do with those three Mm -hmm. fundamentals to improve quality of life and to improve the way people feel. And then, you know, before you know it, they're not having the depression and the anxiety, or they're not having the fatigue and the, um, you know, the stress that they had before, because we're addressing those things. And we do it methodically. We do it in a way where I meet them where they are. Like, if they're like, I've never meditated, I can't do a meditation. Okay, no problem. But let's do, let's do eight breaths, you know, let's count for eight. And they're like, oh yeah, I could do that. Like, that's easy. So we build up and, and get to the levels that we need to. And I'll tell you over the years of working with people, it's miraculous by making just a tiny little change. And I know you see this all the time too, Dr. Tony, because one little change just is like a domino effect for yeah. so many other changes. And just taking that one little step to do something that you thought in your mind was so hard and you're like, oh, I don't ever see me getting out of this. And now all of a sudden you look back and you're like, I don't even know where I just was. Yeah. And it's it, over and over again. That's, you know, those are the results. So, and I do go more granular and get into, you know, a lot of other factors that are going to influence some of the symptoms that they have. But, you know, that's, that's mainly what I try to do. And I do give them different markers to ask the doctor say, I need you to order these things for me. I want to see, you know, what my full folate level is. I want to see what my B12 is. I need my vitamin D because I'll be very honest with you. A lot of primary care doctors don't order vitamin D because patients will a lot of times get a bill. Ah, okay. Okay. They will yeah. say, ah, they're going to get a bill. And I, they don't want that because they don't want to have to deal with it in their office. Cause now it's one more thing, right? Well, and what can they say to the doctor to possibly have the insurance company pay for the vitamin D testing, which seems simple? It does. And what I tell my people to say is that they have a history of low vitamin D and that's how they get it coded. Because if they don't code it like that, they're going to get a bill and it happens time and time again. But it's like, that's the only thing that you can say in order to get it paid for, which is- But sometimes we have to help our patients and our, and our clients to understand- this is the medical system. We need to pay for it. We need to actually get to get approved the testing approved, maybe for any for me an MRI for someone's lower back. I'm gonna have you when you talk to your doctor, tell them this, 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 and this. So then they'll approve your MRI. Then they'll yes. pay for it. Then they'll get it approved for the insurance company. But and, and with your being being their best advocate, it takes learning and takes someone on their side, like you have been, getting them the right testing, but also the right mindset to coach them through that build the confidence of hey look i have to take care of my health and with your your four your four you mentioned you have a four-month program yes um so i usually work with people in a four-month program Perfect. Perfect. and so we get everything done in that time and 
there is an opportunity. Yeah, there's an opportunity to continue if they wish, but usually people are ready to go because I do a screening process where I make sure that you're ready and that you're you're making the commitment to me just as much as I'm making the commitment to you. Because one thing that bothered me when I was a personal trainer was, you know, I'd work out with the client and then they'd go home and eat, you know, three pizzas and all, all of our progress had been. Yeah. So that's frustrating for me. And I don't want to have that experience anymore. So I need people who are ready and who want to live their best life and live optimally, learn, grow, expand, change. Because if you have a lot of symptoms, I can guarantee you that the things you've been doing are contributing to your symptoms. And if you're not willing to change some of those things slowly, um, we, you know, we're just not going to be a fit then. Are you going to make it very comfortable for them the whole time? It's going to be very comfortable them physically, mentally, everything else too? Yeah, we just really, like I said, I take, I meet them where they're at so that I'm not like, you're, you're here, but I need you to get over here. You know, you're here and we're just going to plot along. And once, like I said, those changes start happening, it's a domino. And now it's all of a sudden, like, feed me more, you know, feed the beast. Like, what else can I be doing? And sometimes, honestly, I'm like, listen, we need to just, keep our progress going. Like, let's not get crazy because it's like the weekend warrior at the gym or, you know, January rolls around and people are working out like crazy. And then February, there's nobody in the gym because they got injured. (laughs) Security. Come on now. Job security for me. (laughs) Yes. True. True. Um, But I'd rather them be um, more, you know, it's, it's a setup for a lifetime of changes. And that's why the, my method and the way that I work with my clients after four months, they're good. They, they know what they need to do. If they slip back, they know how to get back into a routine. You know, if they go on vacation or they have family in town or whatever, you know, we all have events in our life that can derail us. But the more important thing is that we can get back on the track and not beat ourselves up over the fact that we took a little break or we made some mistakes with our diet or our stress or whatever it happens you know there's things out of our control sometimes but managing them and knowing how to get back is the most important thing and that's really what i do best i just say like we our mind is so powerful we can do anything we set our minds to and a lot of these giving up four months time so where you're actually seeing someone now change physiologically, so now they know they're getting better, not just thinking they're getting better. Now now their body actually is feeling better. Now the body has changed. I, I've done a lot of talks with trainers and physical therapists, with everything, even, even with a lot of functional medicine uh, practitioners. Four months is an, even three months is enough time to really get your body to change so your body has now can't go backwards. You almost have to now really work hard at eating three cheeseburgers a day to get your body go back that way. So you're giving someone enough time to change your, what's that? Because you don't feel good when you do that. And that's why you started the program in the first place, Mm because you didn't feel good. (laughs) Oh, but now you feel good eating better foods, taking your vitamins, watching your your vitamin D intake, watching how much you work out, how much you exercise, how much water you drink, how much you sleep. That becomes your normal, your default, which is phenomenal. So we want to see. Yes, absolutely. It's extremely rewarding. And Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I think is missing out of the traditional medicine model is they have zero rewards for their job. Yep. 
They do not ever hear of patients coming in. Doc, I feel amazing. I, I feel alive. I'm thriving. Um, and that's why I've seen so many doctors transition out of even, you know, it kind of is like doc in the box, then concierge is a little bit bigger box, and then straight away into a functional medicine practice where they have free reign to do pretty much carte blanche, whatever they feel is the best yeah. protocol or options for their patients. And they said, they're like, I can't keep seeing people come in sicker and sicker and sicker when I'm spinning my wheels trying to figure out what medication I could put them on next. And it's that's, frustrating. That's if they really want to help people. Right. Yes. That's, it's not about just making money, paying the bills. If I want to help people, I want to make sure I'm the right profession or right passion for what I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the doctors who are wanting to take that path, I have to say a lot of them are very scared because it could be a financial, you know, setback, obviously. And a lot of them still have significant medical debt, which is another thing, you know, they kind of, they farm you in there and then they come out and you have to slave labor because you're in so much debt, right? <laughs> so they're, you know, and I've coached a lot of functional medicine doctors through expanding their practice, you know, being true to what they are. Um, because the ones that you go in and they throw a, just a bunch of, you know, vitamins at you, which has happened to me. I've had that experience yeah. where I walk out and I spent $500 on vitamins. Yeah. Um, they're not really doing the best thing for you, unfortunately. And no. there are good functional and there are, there are not so good functional, just like regular doctors too. So again, it's just, empowering yourself to say, this is what I need. These are my needs. And how can I get those needs met? Um, and really that goes for any aspect of your life, not just your healthcare, but your healthcare is the most important thing. So, yes. um, you know, and uh, that's, that's, I think the most um, gratifying thing about what we do is we see yeah. the changes. It feels good. You're making a difference in the world. You're contributing. And um that's just, you know, I want to leave the world a better place than it was before I came here. So that's, that's the plan. I think we're, we're in a, we're passionate about what we do because we're seeing results because it does help people live Absolutely. a better quality of life in general. As you wrap up Tara, what is a good takeaway for the show that you want people to understand why they should become an advocate for their own best health and why they should find someone like yourself to coach and become that? Great question. So the Biggest takeaway I can say to the people who are listening is that if you have symptoms and you are feeling a certain way and a medical professional, whomever, is discounting that and basically shrugging it off as this is just life, suck mm -hmm. it up, yeah, too bad, so sad, that's a huge red flag. And nobody should be treated that way. And unfortunately, I do hear it um, over and over again when I'm out there talking with these professionals. Um, and that's the main thing. You got to have the respect and the self-love for yourself to realize that you deserve better. Yeah. And um, you don't necessarily have to pay out of pocket to get that guidance. But there are podcasts, there are influencers, there's TikTok. There are so many resources out there for you to mm -hmm. be able to figure out, you know, how to really live your best life. And if you are experiencing symptoms like a friend has Hashimoto's and she's now in remission because we've worked through a lot of different supplementation and diet tweaks wow. and lifestyle. And when she went to her doctor, her doctor's like, well, how'd you do it? And she's like, yeah. 
my lifestyle and it's autoimmune, you know, it's Hashimoto's and you're like, oh, well, I got this diagnosis and I'm doomed. No, you're not. And there's always a way out, but you have to just do the research, find the data and work with us. Right, Tony? <laughs> Don't even look at the data. If you want to, if you want to keep it life simple, hire a coach, hire a consultant like Tara to help you overall shortcut your healing that point you don't go down that rabbit hole to get the right test like you had mentioned ask the right questions that point get the right information so you can get better now not wait four or five months then you're down your further your lifestyle now has increased decreased even more and more and more now it's harder to get out of that hole so that's why i love tara because she has information she walks a walk go to her facebook go to her tiktok go to her instagram go to her go to her information ask her questions She's yeah. not going to charge you an arm and a leg just to ask a question. No, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to help in yes. any way I can. You know, DM me on um, Instagram. That's yeah. a great way to get in touch with me. Um, there's just so, or go to my website, um, mm -hmm. monteralife.com, and um, send me your questions. I will guide you. You know, I tried to do some um, social media posting on TikTok and mm -hmm. educate people on what markers to ask their doctors for and these sorts of things. So um, if you have something specific that you're dealing with, you know, I have tons of educational things, podcasts, et cetera, that I can direct you to. Easy. She'll send you a link. Boom. Watch it. That point. Like I said, I, I like if, if I had a problem, I'd sign up with her because she has information. She has the experience to help you get through that. So quick five second smile, Miss Tara, for the, uh, the thumbnail. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tara. We'll go to the back office. Thanks for watching, guys. Take care.